Hang on, Justin. Does that feel good? <laughs> Welcome to episode 49 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Mexicles. Horsticles is back, baby! I'm in the house. Welcome back, man. Yeah, I know, man. It feels like I've been on vacation or something. We, we, we missed you. You did? Yeah. Nah, I heard Horse the Grump showed up and uh, Horse the Shame and a bunch of other horses. <laughs> Can't keep the horses out of that chair. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You guys are funny, though, without me. I did great. I enjoyed the shows listening to you. Sorry to the fans and to the minions that I haven't been here. You know, I got a little sick. Got a little horse to flu. <laughs> You're feeling better now, right? Yeah. That surge will kick it out right that out That surge? <laughs> I'm not touching that surge. <laughs> I'll be in shock down there. I'll be like, <laughs> For our listeners, I just ordered a case of surge off Amazon, and it came today. So I drank one before the show. So I am super high energy today. Even the can glows. <laughs> And aside from Miguel, Horstocles, Merman, all of your personalities, we have my lovely wife, Heather. What's up? And we have two very special guests, our friends from the Issues with Friends podcast, Joseph and Shaddai. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we got. (laughs) How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Doing great? (laughs) Much better. I'm home at a decent time in comparison. You went to England, right? I did. I was there for a week. I actually went to go see the Cowboys play. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It was totally awesome. So I'm so glad I got to experience that. It was much nerdier than I expected it was going to be, but it was it was so great. And just like the whole Sherlock Holmes and and Doctor Who and Harry Potter. I was like, man, like we're really influenced a lot from here. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. She went across the pond. She did. I did. She mind the door? <laughs> <laughs> I was probably like the largest wet back there. So. <laughs> <laughs> she swam oh, it's, a huge, it's a huge pond I had to cross. Did you, try, did you get some spotted dick? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've seen that before. I, I I thought about it, but, you know, it's spotted. So I was like, nah, never mind. <laughs> she had to wait like you get a bad disease. Yeah, I did get some bangers and mash, though. I got, got a whole plate of bangers in my mouth. <laughs> what? <laughs> that sounds like a typical Thursday for Miguel. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you people. <laughs> Mean you people, <laughs> you whiteies. <laughs> well, anyways, let's talk some comics. That's what we're here for. What were you top two this week? We go. I'm sorry, I'm still talking about this thing. And what she said, the spotted dick. What the hell is that crap? Go look in the bathroom. Can you can what? <laughs> I use cream. That's gone. Get out of Heinz. What was that? Should I? Heinz makes their own. It's in a can. I don't know, but I've I've seen it. It's just called spotted dick. Um, I have yet to purchase it just for pleasure, so I'm not too sure. <laughs> Get it out of curiosity. Yeah. I'll eat it. I know, right? What is it? I don't know. I don't know, but it's not $5 worth. (laughs) I don't know about purchasing spotted dick for pleasure, but... (laughs) Hey, there's a first time for everything. Whoa. What the hell's going on here? (laughs) So about them comics, Miguel. What were you talking to this week? (laughs) Number two was spotted dick number 25. No. (laughs) Thieve of Thieves, number 25. Uh, It's a great book. Robert Kirkman's no longer writing it. It's being written by Andy Diggle and drawn by Sean Martinborough. It's a really good story. Um, Redmond's come back. He's gone to see Lola to try to get his revenge. He's got a whole plan set up, but things go south. Yeah, cartel and luchador mass. Right. What's wrong with nothing wrong with that? <laughs> a lot of Mexicans killing people. Lola gets him in prison, locks him in a chair, and is planning on torturing him. And then his family shows up to try to save him. And the whole issue is basically a bloodbath. It's great. It's a really violent issue. Lots of interesting fight scenes, especially when Redmond finally does get away from Lola. It was a great Thief of Thieves issue for sure. It was awesome. Let me tell you something before we go on. My books all this week are all about blood, murder, and chaos. What's different about usual? <laughs> Use this feel-good, loving story type books. No, it's nah. <laughs> Business as usual. Right? <laughs> what was your number one? Number one was Deadly Class. Number nine. Oh, yeah. Rick Remender. Yes. And Wes Craig. I, I freaking love that book as well. All right. This is all about Marcus and his confliction between dating the Hispanic girl and the other girl, the other assassin girl. And 
they're they're planning on killing the leader of the gang that's going around and slitting people's throats and putting them in weird masturbation poses. <laughs> <laughs> so they're recruiting some people that have been difficult for Marcus to deal with in the past, and at the same time, you have the whole love story going on underneath it. Quick, do you want him with the Mexican girl, or do you want her with the other crazy girl that's kind of training him? Honestly, I don't really care. Like the relationship status of it is the weakest part of the story to me. I, I'm way more interested in seeing Marcus coming to his own as an assassin than I am about the relationship stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're waiting to see Marcus do a tag team. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, man. <laughs> what? No. You run the train on him. So what was your number two? Uh, my number two is actually Moon Knight number nine. Hey. Being written by Brian Wood and drawn by Greg Smallwood. Uh, this is a really interesting Moon Knight issue. He's talking to his therapist and you know he's been doing that several times throughout the series so far goes in there and tells her about Khonshu and about all the different aspects of the Moon Knight personality he has. And he's talking to her today, and they're doing this hypnosis thing where she can kind of see visions from inside of his head, and he can kind of see things from inside of her head. He, he realizes in the middle of this conversation that she's the person who hired the sniper in the last issue and tried to take out the African diplomat. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to convince her that she's wrong and she needs to let that revenge go. Well, she makes a, a plea to Khonshu, not to him, while she's inside of his head, and it completely screws up his world. It's a really, really good Moon Knight issue. If you're a fan of the character at all, you'll really like it. Yeah, I didn't see that crap coming at the end. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens in issue 10. And my number one is Terminal Hero number four, uh, written by Peter Milligan and drawn by Piotr Kowalski. You got problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> that book's got some issues. I, I thought it was excellent. I've, I've enjoyed it since it started. Uh, it's all about the doctor who was given the experimental formula to treat his cancer, and it gave him superpowers. I mean, he kind of do whatever he wants to do. He's got psionic abilities, psychic abilities, telepathic stuff. I mean, he can do just about anything. And in this issue, he's managed to evade his captors because he was forced into working for the government. He tricked them into thinking he was dead and went on to try to live a relatively normal life with this woman he met and her daughter. Well, the government comes looking for him and kind of convinces him to uh, come back to the fold because they threaten his family and they threaten to expose him for what he is. Plus, there was also some ex- other people that went through the same experiment he did, and they're way more dangerous than he is. So there's a lot of plot development and a lot of character development for him in this particular issue. Like I said, I've enjoyed it since the beginning, so I thought this was a great issue. I can't wait to see till he takes one of those people on. That's going to be pretty messed up. Uh, I, I imagine it's going to be a pretty epic fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your pick of the week, then? Ah, uh, pick of the week was Goner's number two. Okay, so Goner's is a fantastic new series written by Jacob Seaman and drawn by George Corona. <laughs> oh, this show's all about... Wood. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Spotted dick. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about whoa. <laughs> but Goners is all about this family of demon hunters. And in the first issue, you'll remember that the parents were murdered on live television. So only the only people from the lineage that are still alive are the young son and daughter. And they have some other people that are kind of close to the family living with them who are in the same line of work. Well, in the first issue, they got attacked by a bunch of demons and kind of an epic fight broke out in the house. And the second issue is the continuation of that. I mean, they're trying to escape. They're trying to protect the kids. And the artwork is phenomenal. It's such an interesting style. I really dig the fights. I mean, they're, they're pretty gruesome. The, the demon monster things are not playing around. They're trying like hell to kill those kids. Yeah, the wolf-looking things. And it, it, it really comes through from the pages. I mean, you can tell that the demons are passionate about killing these kids. It, it gives you a sense of urgency that you don't really get from a lot of books. Dude, that one detective's just badass. Oh, yeah. Just hang on to me. We're going through this shit. <laughs> and, and then, of course, at the end, to escape from them all, they just jumped out the window of some skyscraper. He did it. He grabbed them all and let's jump. <laughs> what the hell? So, like, not really a cliffhanger, more like an air hanger, I guess. But <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens in the next issue as well. So what's your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week is a new book called Synergy. Ah. Um, written by Michael Avon Oming and drawn by Taki Soma. And it's about this girl who, she's with her boyfriend, and they've been together for a while, and they decided to become intimate for the first time. And as soon as that happens... Why are you winking at me when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? See, it was based on a true story. Man. Oh, well. <laughs> so as soon as that happens for the first time, she opens her eyes really wide and realizes that her boyfriend looks odd to her. He looks kind of like a demon. She doesn't know what that's all about, so she throws him off of her and screams. Her dad, who's downstairs, who's this big, kind of hulking-looking dude, comes running up the stairs, throws open the door, and, you know, of course, chases the boyfriend out. It calls him a monster and attacks him, and the boyfriend gets away and runs off. Well, the daughter is just like, he's not a monster. He's, he's just my boyfriend. Why'd you scream? She's like, I can't really explain it, but he looked different to me after that happened. So it turns out that this family is also a family of demon hunters. They call themselves the Seers, 
And the dad understands what happened to her, but she doesn't yet understand it. She keeps seeing other people and animals that are demons in disguise, and she can actually see the true forms. So he introduces her to their dog, who happens to be a demon. And he's like a friendly demon on their side who can talk, which is <laughs> he's, he's pretty funny. Uh, it's a very comical book. It's lighthearted. It kind of feels like Sex Criminals a little bit, um, not to the same extremes that Sex Criminals takes it, but it's kind of like Sex Criminals light. That's how I explain it. Mm. I really liked it. So she has sex. Now she sees demons. Yes. There's something wrong there, man. <laughs> Don't touch it. Isn't that how it works for everybody? No. <laughs> what happens when you touch spotted dick? <laughs> I think we're going to call this episode spotted dick. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> well, what about you guys? Have you got any picks from this week? Yeah. Um, since I stick kind of close to DC, Batman and Robin number 36, part four of Robin Rises. Written by Peter J. Tomasi and penciled by Patrick Gleason. And this is issue where Batman's in Apocalypse and he's in his awesome Hellbat armor. It's like this black armor, almost like a symbiote, it looks like, because it's just got pieces going everywhere. It's protecting him from Apocalypse for the most part while he's seeking the corpse of his son, Damien, who is in a sarcophagus that's powering this laser for Apocalypse to destroy planets and uh, basically suck the energy from life force on planets to bring it back to the apocalypse world. And Batman fights all kinds of people. This is a very heavy, action-packed issue. For any Batman and Robin fans, I think it's a great issue myself. I love Peter J. Tomasi's writing, and the art, of course, is amazing. I love Gleason. So without spoiling anything, I'll just say that Batman fights Darkseid's son, Kalibak, and shit ensues after that, so <laughs> be ready for something crazy. You see Miguel's uh, face. He didn't realize there was another part to Robin Rises that came out today. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kind of pissed about this. I don't know how it is for you, but my comic book store, usually on the website, it puts it out there next to a Robin Rises. You know, Usually it tells you what's next. You go pick it up. You right. said part four. I think I've read two, and I'm really pissed about it that I can't – I don't even know when it comes out. Like when you said it, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Man, I'm super pissed off now. Ugh. <laughs> it's good stuff. All I definitely recommend it for any DC fans, especially Batman and Robin fans. Great book. Uh, my number two, I believe, is going to be Superman and Wonder Woman number thirteen. It's a new creative team, also written by Peter J. Tomasi and penciled by Doug Mankey, who does art for Justice League right now. This is a crazy issue where it starts kind of five years in the past where it's Superman and Wonder Woman when they're kind of first fighting together. Wonder Woman is telling Superman that he fights with too much on his mind because he's trying to save people. Or he's telling her that she fights with too little on her mind because all she's trying to do is fight and not concerned about the civilians around it. And anyway, it kind of rounds out back to the present, of course, and some crazy old enemies come back in the picture, Atomic Skull and Major Disaster, which you wouldn't think would be cool, but they do it really well, and they bring them in and then introduce this all-new character, Wonderstar, and we have no idea what kind of place he's going to take, but uh, it's just a wild issue all around, so I really enjoyed that one. And then my top pick for the week uh, would be Amazing Spider-Man number 10, which is part two of the Spider-Verse, now that that's actually started, written by Dan Slott, penciled by Olivier Coipel. And, uh, of course, the Inheritors are here, or the Inheritors are trying to kill all the Spider-Man. We know that from anybody who's read any of the Spider-Verse. Here, we get a big group of Spider-Man in their safe zone with Captain Universe Spider-Man. And a group of them goes to seek out a different team that's also gathering up of Spider-Man, uh, Deimos comes in, one of the inheritors. Uh, they pretty much kick his ass and then find out that you can't really kill these things. So they don't know what they're going to do. And uh, essentially, it's just gathering more Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Monkey is in this. Spider-Ham, of course. Peter Porker. <laughs> and they, they have a funny kind of uh, exchange themselves. Yeah. So I don't know. For anybody who's interested in Spider-Man, like I definitely am, I would recommend this. Uh, this series thing so far. Peter Porker. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the next issue, actually, because it's going to be Spider-Rock meets Peter Parker from the same universe for once. It's going to be interesting to see how that interaction goes. Yeah, because they kind of like spot each other in this issue, or at least Peter Parker spots, uh, you know, Superior Spider-Man. And he's like, oh, man, like what happened? It's a crazy time thing. But they haven't actually confronted each other yet. So that will be crazy. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Shadai? You read anything good? 
I did. So my number two is through Valiant Comics, Punk Mambo number one. And it's written by Peter Milligan, art by Robert Gill, and colors by Jose Villarrubia. What's really cool and interesting about this issue is that it's about this chick. She's a punk from London. Her name is Victoria, and she's living in New Orleans right now. And or like in the swamps of it. She's a voodoo witch. And the way she became a voodoo witch is because she was basically given off by these other two punk people in London to this voodoo priest as an offering so that the voodoo priest can grant them whatever it is that they want to. What's really interesting about the art in this is it reminds me a lot from the 80s and 90s. Like it's got this really cool tone to it and really cool style. So I love all that about it as well as how it portrays London. Now that I came back, I was like, oh shit, like I totally, I understand what she's saying. Like I, this pub looks exactly like pubs I've been to and Camden Town, like all those, the streets. It's just very, very well captured. So either the artist was looking on Google Maps or he actually lives there. But it was, it was so well done. And it's interesting because you're kind of learning about her wanting revenge and part of the part of her curse as a voodoo witch is that she never grows old. I mean, they could still get hurt, but she will forever look like this little 17-year-old girl. So that's really interesting. Cool. My number one is through Archaea, Jim Henson's The Storyteller, which is number three. Writer and art is by Matthew Dow Smith. And this story is called The Phantom Isle. What I love about this one from all the other witches so far is that this one's very, very close to Jim Henson's hour where you get the narration from the actual storyteller who's talking to his dog. And this is a very meta kind of type issue where he's telling a story that jumps into another person from like 17, 1800s in a pub who's telling a story. So it's a story of a story. And he tells the story of another guy who's a storyteller mm-hmm. and how he runs through a shipwreck, but he's the only survivor from that shipwreck that lands <laughs> on an island full of witches. It's mm-hmm. run by these witches who at one point had this wonderful magical land in their island, but the island lives off of imagination. And because he's a storyteller, he can tell all these stories. Now, in order for him to survive there or to, you know, he has an option where he can get off the island and live his life or he can stay on the island and forever be immortal. So he he decides to stay and he's telling all these stories. But after six months, he starts running out of stories. His imagination starts running dry and he tells them, like, I need to leave. I need to go out. I need to go, you know, in order to get my imagination juices going, I actually have to travel So they give him the option, like, okay, well, here's a Pegasus, go off, but if you ever get off the horse, then you void your contract. So he's like, all right, cool. He leaves with the intention of not really coming back, and he's okay with voiding his contract, but he doesn't realize that six months on the island equals hundreds of years. So his entire family, his friends, and all the people in his town, they're they're no longer there. And as he lands off on the the horse he realizes like his age start coming and he his life is about to end so he goes to like the closest pub that he could find because at this point he has one story left in him and it's the story of this island and the witches so he tells the story in the pub and of course he walks away and it's really cool because the narrator the main narrator talking to the dog he's basically given us the moral of the story which is that some people think stories come from thin air but even the most fantastic stories come from living and all it takes is someone who can live that life and someone who's willing to hear it so i love that message at the end of that issue it sounds really cool archaea has a lot of really kind of interesting out there books we'll definitely have to check that out yeah Yeah, that that one's really good that's from all the the witches stories and it's Book three of four, so it's cool. it's a really good one. It's very strong. Cool. And my pick is actually uh, Y'all's Home First, which is Deadly Class number nine by Image Comics. I love following Deadly Class. So it's it's written by Rick Remender and Wes Craig, who's also the the artist. Same deal. We finally get to see Maria's origin from Juarez, Mexico, and how her family was killed because her father stole from the mafia boss and how the mafia boss 
basically takes her because Chico, as a little boy, is saying that, hold up, I know this girl, I play with her, she's very clever, and father agrees that, yeah, no one would believe this, you know, this pretty face kind of thing. And it just kind of goes on through that, that her classmates are mentioning about Chico's disappearance, and that throws her into this whole depression mood. And Marcus is not really there. Like, he knows as a boyfriend, even though that's a secret boyfriend, he has to be there for her. But when he sees her crying and, and in desperation, he's like, eh, I think I'm just going to go to a concert anyways. <laughs> and my favorite part, really, in this issue is Saya, who's the Asian chick that he's been having a crush on. And she talks to him about camaraderie and just the importance of it and, and what it really means. Because first he becomes very judgmental when they're all moshing there in the pit and stuff. And she's like, no, like this is a dance. Like this is a camaraderie dance and of exuberance. And so when you're involved and it's true, cause I've been there, I've, I've gone to con to concerts and I've moshed and, and yeah, you fall down and some dudes get to pick you up, high five you, whatever. And you just kind of go through it. And, and it's that excitement that he gets, like he realizes that there's more to life. <clears throat> and because she's this mysterious chick about missing her fingers and he just questions it, that she knows everything about him, but he knows nothing about her. And that becomes much more appealing. And of course, they end up possibly hooking up like she makes out with him. And and it's that whole at the end, like, oh, he thought about he was a shit, you know, just a shitty boyfriend, but just for a split second. So it's just really interesting. What I love about this issue is the way the panels are divided up and the art, how it changes the colors throughout the different scenes was just so gorgeous. So one of my favorite page is when Maria's father is crucified and how he stands out and then all the other pictures behind him. I thought that was very well done. So yeah, that is my pick of the week. Make me look bad. I was going to say, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> my bad. Or she rules. It wasn't, it wasn't my pick. It wasn't my actual number one. It was Miguel. So I didn't Whatever. really go into yeah, yeah, much yeah. detail about it. But You always do that. <laughs> it wasn't my number one. It was yours. I had you, you heard say, yeah, it's Miguel. It was flowing. It was a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien, this bitch. I, Come on. <laughs> if I had more time to prepare and, and be eloquent with my language, I would be. But, mm. you know, we reread like 37 books today. And then. 37? In a row. This <laughs> sat in traffic for two hours. And then, uh, you know, now we're here recording. So excuses, I mean, excuses, excuses. I don't want to. It's hard to use flowery language when you're uh, exhausted like that. I mean, Serge is helping for sure. Drink that stuff. Drink that Well, we, we got to do a little pitch for our sponsor. Uh, yeah, go for it. TweakedAudio.com. Uh, they sell seven different styles of headphones in seven different colors. They have uh, lots of different styles. They have over the ear, in the ear. They even have. Uh, what the hell kind of commercial is this? <laughs> Up here. Up here. <laughs> Whoa. They, they headphones however you like them. <laughs> okay. Uh, go to tweakedaudio.com and use promo code COMICAL to get one-third off your order plus free shipping anywhere wait, worldwide. Wait, I have a question. Uh oh Sure. Do they have wood? You already know that they have wood. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put it under your ear, in your ear, outside your ear, up your ear. <laughs> I like it in my ear. They're, Whoa. They're excellent headphones. They have a flat cable design which prevents tangling. They have noise-canceling functionality. And they make great Christmas gifts. You know, December's coming up. You can get a great pair of the California style ones for like less than $16 using our code. So highly recommend going and checking those out. It helps support the show and I guarantee you'll enjoy them. If you want to support the show in another way, you can always PayPal us directly to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, any donations from our listeners is greatly appreciated. Mm -hmm. All of it goes towards helping fund the show, get new equipment and, uh, and for 10 cents. For ten cents, you can. You can adopt. <laughs> you can adopt. Wait, there's more. <laughs> the surge is not cheap. <laughs> so if you want to hear me talk more about surge, feel I'm going to get them as a sponsor. That's what I need. Surge. <laughs> <laughs> so just remind everybody: tweakedaudio.com promo code COMICAL. Gotcha. Yes, and with ten cents, you can adopt a comical podcast <laughs> analyst. <laughs> <laughs> For ten cents, you can feed Justin. <laughs> not I, really. Not, yeah, it costs more than that. The zoo has no signs for a reason. Don't feed the bears. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about uh, BS excluded and issues with friends. We know these people. We do. Know these people. <laughs> That's right. Ran into each other somehow. I thought we were only talking to Shadai. I haven't heard the other person. Where's he at? Hello. 
Hey. Who's that guy, Surge? <laughs> Why don't you guys tell our listeners a little bit about what your show is about and how your show is different from ours? Well, uh, we are part of, well, our own network, BS Excluded, and our comic book series, Issues with Friends, is pretty much what it sounds like. Uh, we just talk about issues uh, with friends. And we pitch them, we pitch three different types of comics. Um, one of us on Marvel, one of us on DC, and then Shaddai, fortunately, well, lucky her, is on indie, so she can pretty <laughs> much do whatever the hell she wants. And Smart then, choice. <coughs> yeah. Very smart choice. Lucky girl. And then we get to talk about a listener pick, which is a lot of fun, too. Whatever suggestions come into us, um, we'll read them, check them out, and do a 10-minute review of them on our show, so... I guess in that, we only have our one pick of the week as opposed to you guys who do your three picks of the week, read your 30-something comics. Like We, we can't read that much. We, we just read within a reasonable amount and uh, pitch them to each other, see if we'd pull them, if we liked them, shelve them if we were neutral, or shred them if we didn't like them. And only one thing's been shred so far, and it was Buy Shaddai. <laughs> it was one of my comics. It was actually the last issue of Batman and Robin, I think. She just did not like the idea of it. I was very... I, I got real turned up over it. That's how much I love stories. And when people are portrayed as fucking assholes purposely, I was like, no, I don't approve of them acting like a fool. So that's why I totally shredded it. They were just trying to help, should I? No, in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys actually have a great show for new comic readers, I feel like. You guys have a really easy level of entry to your show where you talk about specifics in each different publishing company. So it's really easy for somebody who hasn't been reading for a long time to listen to you guys and kind of say, oh, that's a really good DC book or oh, that's a really good Marvel book and they go out there and try it. Our show is a little more for people that are already reading stuff and are looking for new things to try that are a little off the beaten path, I think. We're a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I mean, I like their shows. They, they're part of a network. We're not even part of a network. What the hell, man? Well, it's their own network. They do you guys with, do yeah, different with, shows. Exactly, which each, each show is for whatever specific genre. If you're into sex, which Whoa. I hear most people are, you know, we got something about that. And then just one about movies and one about, I mean, we'll have video games every once in a while. And then definitely a complete random array roundtable type. So, yeah, we get all kinds of different stuff. If you want to listen to us, just check out bsexcluded.com. And that's the letters B, S, and X, and then included, C-L-U-D-E-D.com. And uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty navigatable. So you shouldn't have any problem finding what you want or finding out that you hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Just visit, please. (laughs) I'll post the link when I put the episode out so people can go and check it out. Thank you. I listen to your shows. I've listened to uh, your pillow talk. (laughs) (laughs) I actually get a kick out of that one, to be honest with you. I find it, I find it pretty funny. Uh, Is that your fetish? Huh? (laughs) Yes. We just got to talk about spotted dick on the next one. Oh, yeah. I'm turning it off now. <laughs> <laughs> Between you guys and the comic syndicate, I don't know which one I listen to the most. <laughs> He's turning it up. How <laughs> did Mike Zapsik say it? I love me some pillow talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we actually, uh, you guys were on one of our episodes of Issues with Friends. Uh, the Which one, I cannot remember off the top of my head, but that was a fun show. And then we got to meet you guys at the Alamo City Comic Con. And that was a really good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We love hanging out with you guys, so it's great we're finally getting you on our show. Sorry no, it took so long. Oh, no, no, no worries. Like, this was this perfect timing, so we enjoy this no matter what. Yeah, and I definitely listen to y'all's show, too, so it's like we still get to hang out with you guys. Even from <laughs> You're always with us. You're a yeah. stalker's dream. <laughs> nice. You gotta wonder about that. The podcast stalkers out there, and it's just like... Every every week is just such a thrill for them <laughs> because they get another look into your life. <laughs> I quit. I'm done. <laughs> I can't wait to get some prison mail. That'll be fun. You can't wait Whoa. to get some prison mail? Yeah. They'll be like, I'm in prison, but I love listening to your podcast. How about like, prison email? If they mail us, if they know our address somehow, I'll be worried. That's true. That's a great idea for a show where you write prison inmates and then like read their letters on on live and, and talk about it. BS excluded prison love. <laughs> 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 Who raped you this week? <laughs> That's a great idea. Copyright base excluded. <laughs> well, I had an idea for a uh, topic of discussion 
I think I mentioned this to you guys earlier in the week. Uh, I wanted to talk about Holy Grails. And if you're a comic book reader or a listener to the show and you don't know what a Holy Grail is, uh, it's the cup from Monty Python. No, I'm just kidding. That's a good actor. It's uh, some type of collectible or some specific item that you would love to have above all other items. Something that you would want to own that would make you feel like your collection was complete. You know, the one thing out there that you want more than any other item. And I know what mine is. I've known for a long time. But I was just wondering, you know, what, what you guys might consider your Holy Grails and what Miguel would for him. So for me, it would because I'm such a big Spider-Man fan, like without a question, it's got to be Amazing Fantasy number 15 from 1962. I want a mint condition Amazing Fantasy number 15 signed by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Like if I could have that, that would be like gold in a vault for me. Like I would swim around in a vault of those issues if I could. But even just the one, if I had a mint condition one signed by the artist and the writer, then... I, I could die a happy man. It's on my bucket list. It'll or, never happen. a really rich man. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. But yeah, that would, as a Spider-Man fan, that's just my holy grail. It has to be. Do you think there's a holy grail out there that is actually attainable for you in your lifetime? Um, it, That would be, you know what, as a, a backup holy grail, I would say if I could get some custom art by Joe Madrera, because I was a huge fan of his art growing up, especially Battle Chasers and any of his X-Men work. If I could get some custom art or if I could get him to say like something about BS Excluded or <laughs> even just say like love Joe, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. I love you. And uh, yeah, anything by Joe Mad that would be custom to me. I think that's achievable. He seems like a nice guy. Oh, yeah, that's definitely achievable. Yeah. Well, you should die. <laughs> Mine is going to be an original print by J.G. Jones. When I got to meet him in Philadelphia Con a few years back, I got to chat with him and he had his artwork from Why the Last Man There. So I was like, well, like I try, you know, actually seeing it and touching it. And it's it's a painting. He he does all his stuff in painting. It was probably like 11 by 14. But the original and I asked him like, huh? which clearly it's way out of my price range and it deserves to be however much it was definitely in the thousands and I'm like god damn it like I I would if I could you know I will have a child and give it to Satan whoever you want me to give it to (laughs) for this sacrifice your firstborn I don't give a shit yeah but it was gorgeous and just seeing like the original right like the original painting that was used for why the last man that they made prints and copies for for the covers and stuff. Was it ampersands? <sighs> well, it was. He had several different kind, but I would love an ampersand one, uh, specifically the one that I have, which is the playbill. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Like that's one of my favorite pictures of ampersand, which is so cute. But I I just would love an actual painting. Didn't he also say that he was giving you a discount on it? Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, well, that's still out of my frustration. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm okay. Like, it, it deserves it. It deserves its full price, but I ain't got the money for that. You guys really hit it off, though, when y'all met. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people were just passing by. They didn't know who he was. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's J.T. <laughs> Jones, all his artwork. And even, you know, I would still, I would love, because um, he even did, like, the cover show of Final Crisis, and one of my favorites is The Flash. So I would mm. love the cover of that, too. But uh, his artwork is just gorgeous. Definitely out of my price range, but it was beautiful to see him and, and the work in action. So, well, It's probably not so far out of your price range that if you save it for years and years, you could probably afford it, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can get a house or I, can, I could get a painting. Down, One or the other. Down payment on a house or J.G. <laughs> yeah. Jones. Uh, 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 it's Yeah, but well, that's where it's at. What about you, Miguel? What would yours be? They stole mine. Uh, really (laughs) (laughs) no uh you know that's kind of hard for me i thought about this a little bit since you asked me about it and we talked about you know first appearances ah, i can't talk now first appearance of spider-man and you know that was actually one of the first comics i actually started reading with spider-man uh so that would probably mean something to me a lot i guess but right now it'd have to be the first appearance of harley i mean i'm collecting adventures 12 yeah i'm collecting everything harley and going above and beyond that so that would be my holy grail now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have Spider-Man, you know, Amazing Fantasy. Uh, but, yeah, it'd have to be Harley. Just because that's what I seem to be. That 
Swear. Well, she's your favorite character. It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And Batman Adventures 12 is actually, you know, it's not cheap by any means, but it's definitely an attainable goal. Yeah, unless I win at poker or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> the horse track, come on! <laughs> you know, you, you race you race in the horses, the horse track? <laughs> horse on. plays out there, like, running. <laughs> I can do it! <laughs> what about uh, what about some original Harley art by Bruce Tim? Like for would, Batman, the animated series, where she originally, originally came out? See, that would be cool, too. I, re- I I enjoy her old school more than Suicide Squad or all the crap. I'm, I'm, I like her old school, so that would be really awesome, too. Anything like that. Okay, hello, Christmas gifts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything like that would be amazing to me. I would be, like, just floored. It would just be amazing to me. I'd love to have it. Surprisingly, my wife puts, she puts up with it that I mm-hmm. that I love this character so much. It's Like you said, it's my favorite. Cool. And well, you, awesome. for me, my very unlikely to get Holy Grail is a piece of original artwork from New Mutants 98. Uh, there's a page in there with Deadpool that I would love to have. I'd also love to have the cover. I'd be okay taking that, too. Uh, basically, anything from that book. This is the first appearance of Deadpool, which, as you know, is my favorite character. Those pages run anywhere from ten grand to twenty-five grand. I think the cover sold for twenty-three not that long ago. So it's way out of my price range, obviously. Uh, my more attainable goal, I think, is a copy of X-Men number one. Uh, X-Men has always sort of had a you know soft spot in my heart. Uh, it's one of the first books that really got me into reading comics was like the 1990s Jim Lee X-Men series. I mean, even though it was terrible, it was still those characters that I loved. And I loved the X-Men cartoon. And all that sort of stuff is the reason that I became a comic book fan. I think owning X-Men number one would be a big milestone for me. And, and maybe one day I could actually attain that because there are some lower to mid-grade copies that are a reasonable price. So, And you're talking about one with uh, Magneto on the front. Everybody's like attacking him. Yeah, the original X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's an awesome, awesome what? cover. Well, you don't want that short you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's another grail of mine. Uh, page uh, 13 from Deadpool number 27, where uh, Deadpool short you Kitty Pride. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. Isn't Dr. Bong in that one, too? Dr. Bong's in that one as well. That's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> to mention, you did give me, you know. You did hook me up and give me the first appearance of Dr. Bong, so I greatly appreciate that. Love Dr. Bong. We talked, we talked about <laughs> it on their show, remember? Yeah. We, 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 we read that we, issue. That's right. It Howard was Uh huh. Howard the Duck. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you don't read a lot of comics, but do you have a collectible that you would like to have above everything else? First appearance of Hello Kitty. Hmm. I don't even know what that would be, but... I don't care what it is. Where it has to be a manga of some type, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, w- that would be mine. As popular as that thing is, I wonder how much that would be. It's probably expensive as hell. I know, I'm right? I'm sure it's pricey as hell. I'm sure I could not afford it. I would look at the price tag and say, yes, how much? Let me pay you some Monopoly money. Here you go. I know, right? How old is she? Because I remember her back in the 80s. And Is she older than that? She's been around since the 50s, I think. Yeah, she's she's pretty... I don't, I don't know what her exact age is, but... I think she's fairly old. Okay, wait. Now we're going to have a battle to see who can look. <laughs> I think the, the creator had said something about she's not even a cat. Like she's yes. something else. Yeah, she's actually a girl dressed up as a cat. She's really? She's actually a girl. Mm-hmm. She's not really a cat. She's dressed up as that character. Like that just blew my mind, literally. Right? <laughs> but I don't really give a shit what anybody says because she has fucking pointy ass ears. It makes you wonder. About, <laughs> it makes you wonder about all of her friends who are dressed up like penguins and other cats and stuff. Well, uh-huh. they're like like, like <laughs> they're stuffed animals. Like Karopi and stuff. Yeah. Are, are they dressed up also, or is she just hiding out in an animal world? I don't know. I don't know. That is like all the animals are her friends, but she's just a girl. And so that's first appearance, nineteen seventy four. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it was later than I thought. So she's like 40. She's like 40 years old. Still a pretty good run. Yeah. So now she's a 40-year-old woman in a cat suit. <laughs> in a midlife crisis. Yeah, basically. She probably take that suit up for a shower. Lady who's obsessed with animals, so she's like a crazy cat lady. Literally. Literally. <laughs> so she dresses as one, That's which would totally funny. be me. That's awesome. I'm looking at that uh, Shore Yukin picture, Deadpool against Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Wolverine's like, Kitty! <laughs> it's actually a great issue because Deadpool is trying to force Wolverine to fight him. Like, he wants to test and see if he can actually survive anything that Wolverine can throw at him. So he's constantly antagonizing him. Like, they're walking through a public square and he's like punching him and saying really derogatory things to him and attacking him. And Wolverine's just not having anything to do with it. He keeps pushing him away and ignoring him and ignoring him and ignoring him. And Deadpool's like, You know what? Screw this. 
You sure you can keep ride? <laughs> and then Wolverine's like, all right, bub, you're going to die. <laughs> this is a bone claw Wolverine, too, looks like. Yeah. Nice. You had to throw in the bub. <laughs> so you know what, man? I think it's time you give me a funny story. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. The tales in this story is not approved by... (laughs) (laughs) No one was hurt in the making of the story. Oh, some people were hurt. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of feelings were hurt. (laughs) Mostly my reputation. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. about to hear. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was a kid, uh, my dad injured himself. And he would come home every night from work in a lot of pain. And my mom would rub his back. She'd have him lay down on the couch. She'd rub his back. She'd use some, like, oil and stuff to try to make him feel better. That's not his back. (laughs) It was his back. (laughs) So she'd massage him, and I'd be sitting there watching TV, and she'd be rubbing him. Does that feel good? You feel better? Does that help? You feel good? And my dad would always be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that helps. I feel a lot better. And so (laughs) this, this went on for weeks. I mean, I was always sitting there watching TV when my mom rubbed my dad's back, and he would always say it felt good when she asked him. And then one day... My grandparents came to visit us, and we went to the airport to pick them up, and they all got in the car, and my, my parents were in the front seat, uh, my grandfather was in the middle seat with my sisters, and then I was in the back seat with my grandmother. And we were talking, and my grandmother was saying how sore she was from sitting in an uncomfortable chair on the plane. So I reached over and started molesting her. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I started rubbing her boob, and I was like, does that feel good, Grandma? Does that feel good? Because I, I had learned it from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. And the funny part is that my my grandmother goes, "Well, yeah, kind of." <laughs> <laughs> I've been touched like that in years. Like, damn. <laughs> so everybody in the car laughed. All the adults laughed, at least, and the kids didn't know why it was funny. But yeah, you know now now it's an embarrassing uh, moment from my past. I molested my grandmother. <laughs> that is yeah. That- isn't that a great story? His parents told in breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like, remember the time that you touched grandma's boob? You really? massaged her boob. <laughs> you accosted yeah. grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, Justin. Does that feel good? <laughs> remember the first time you copped a feel on a woman and it happened Stop. to be your grandmother? Starting early. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> How, old did you say How old did you say you were? I was probably four. He was, I was three or four. He was um, he was sixteen. <laughs> I was making sure this wasn't like last year or anything. <laughs> last year I'm in trouble. <laughs> no, it wasn't that recent, I promise. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes him funnier. <laughs> last year, <laughs> but it was her back that hurt, not her, not her boob, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you're, when you're four, every part is the same. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, what about you guys? Do you have a funny story you can share with us? Any grandpa? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Any molestation funny stories? Let's uh, see. Oh, man. <laughs> what do you got? Yours don't have right. to be about molestation. Let's just <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, well, there goes five of them. <laughs> I mean, they can be if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh about them at the end. Yay. Well, we have something <laughs> To cover up the sadness in this. I know. <laughs> exactly. Tears or laughter. Okay, so here's... Okay, this one was pretty recent, actually. Unfortunately, I was older than four, so I should have <laughs> known better. I'll preface it by saying that. But Shaddai came home one day and... I woke up. Oh, you woke up one day? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, I woke up with a migraine. It was one of those where like, you go to sleep, you start having a headache, and... My whole intention is, you know what, I'm just going to sleep it off. I wake up and it's worse and it just hurts so, so bad. And I wake up Joseph. I'm like, can you please go get me some aspirin or or something? Like if I give you money or whatever. But at the same time, like I just felt just really bad. And he grabs me water, right? He's like, oh, I don't, I know it'll help. Oh, yeah, yeah. I grab her like ice cold water. I'm like, you know what? I think this will help if I let me just hold it up to your head to your forehead and maybe this will kind of like this is how lazy he is instead of going to get me aspirin he grabs me some cold ice water yeah, right? it was cold. It was, i didn't want to leave the house i was already in pajamas <laughs> whatever so i get the water the ice water i bring it over and i'm like here this will help like hold it against your head for a minute and i'm like thinking to myself 
what's the coldest part of a glass of water? I'm like, you know what? The bottom will be oh. very, very cold. So I'm like, hold on. just <laughs> I'm like, hold on just a sec. Close your eyes. And or no, her eyes are just closed because she's trying to like just feel the coldness up against her head to get rid of the migraine. So in my mind, this is going to work. I grab the, you know, I'm holding on to the glass and I just start tilting it over so that the bottom will touch your head. But touch my forehead. Touch your forehead. So it's not like there's any cup or any cap on this or anything. It's still a glass of ice water. <laughs> And it dumps all over her lap. And I start screaming. (laughs) I start screaming because I feel just this ice water falling all over. He's like, why are you screaming? And he turns down. He's like, oh, shit. I'm like, he's spilled all over me. I just see the expression on her face change from like calm to shocked. (laughs) And her eyes are open wide. And I had no idea why at first. And then it hit me. And I'm like, holy shit. I just dumped ice water all over her lap. You were just trying to raise awareness for ALS, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was very recent. Yeah. And he just laughs and laughs. I'm like, I'm still in pain. I'm still in so much pain. That was probably like a couple. That was like three months ago or something. Something like that. Yeah, but that was that was a pretty good one, only because just how I don't know, just how clueless you are sometimes when you're just. It, when it sounds great in your head, but then the execution of it is just terrible. Yep. We all have those moments. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. What are you looking at me for? My wife would have punched me. <laughs> I got punched in the balls for that one. <laughs> Still fighting the, this bug I have or whatever it is. So it's kind of hard for me to talk sometimes or even hear or breathe. So thanks for bringing it to my house. Oh, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> lick your microphone there. There you go. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Ebola. <laughs> go eat your spotted dick and leave it. No, no. <laughs> go rub your grandmother's boob. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Were you drinking a surge at the time, too? No. <laughs> I might have ripped it off. <laughs> if I was drinking a surge. Does that feel good? Rip. <laughs> Well, that was pretty funny, guys. Uh, thanks for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Just never trust me if I have ice water in my hands, basically. Moral of the story. <laughs> Moral of the story is I'll go get my own damn aspirin. <laughs> yeah, I'd recommend it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I just want to mention this as well. Since Thanksgiving is coming up, and this is technically our Thanksgiving episode, I wanted to give a uh, special thank you to our listeners for supporting us and for listening to the show. Uh, you know, We wouldn't be doing this without you guys. All your interaction on Facebook and Twitter it means a lot to us especially those of you who are especially interactive, like Chris Ryder and Brian Cairns and Mike Lapine and Ashley Weirden, the ones who are constantly in contact with us. The Looker. And Eric the Looker Lopez. Sorry, look, Eric. <laughs> um, the Reliever. And Sean Kleinfeld. I can't name everybody. Come on. <laughs> It'll take too long. But I do want to say thank you to those people. I also want to say thank you to all of the podcasts who we've befriended this year. Uh, several of those guys we've become really good friends with. You guys, BS Excluded. Uh, the Comic Syndicate. Funny guys. Yeah, they're really funny guys. Uh, Adrian and Atlas Pod, they've been big supporters of us. Of course, BriFi Podcast, who we got to have back on the show before too much longer. Mm-hmm. The Pop and Schlock Podcast, our mm-hmm. friends over at Third Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Space City Nerd Podcast. Nerd Foo. Nerd Foo. Metal Geeks, MSR Cast, Mike and Ming from I Saw Comics. Mike and Ming. And uh, the guys from Amish Baby Machine. <laughs> nice. All those guys, we met them this year, talked to them a bunch, and have become friends with some of them. So just want to give a quick shout-out to them. Is anybody you want to say thanks to? Well, you caught me off guard. You didn't tell me about this, man. I got everybody to thank. I like to thank the Academy. Uh, I like to thank everybody at the Geeky Awards. Music starting now. Thank the Geeky Awards. Thank the Geeky Awards for not not nominating us. Thanks for nothing. nothing. Exactly. (laughs) You son of a... (laughs) I'll see you next year. (laughs) I like to thank all my minions. For following me and putting up with me and tweeting with me and FFing me all the time. That sounds so dirty. <laughs> I'd like to thank you, man. Uh, one for you and your pestering and your badgering and the rubbing of the boob. I wouldn't be here. Uh, <laughs> thank the woman over here, the, the, what do you call her? The, the female. The female for right. being able to set me up for funny jokes here and there. I appreciate it. Uh, thank my wife and everybody else who put up with me to be able to do this. It's been a blast and I'm still alive. Mostly, though, I want to thank you, too, because the show wouldn't be anywhere without both of you guys. And uh, I appreciate you coming in every single week and doing this. Well, most weeks. So <laughs> some, people, some people don't show up every time. But <laughs> what do you think? What, <laughs> <laughs> what do you 
horse to shame. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Seriously, thank you guys for doing this with me because it's been a, a great year and a lot of fun. No. Oh, I knew who I else wanted to thank. I need to thank these people. Uh, the great Steve Orlando, uh, Omar, uh, Seek, you know, just some names out there. Kel. A bunch of the guys have been on the show. Uh, We've had so many great guests this year. Thanks to all those guys. Some of the shows wouldn't have been as good as they were without them. Anybody who's told us a funny story, thank you. Because <laughs> it's, really, oh it's really improved our show quite a bit, this, this uh, comedy bit we have. People coming on and telling us their funny stories. Some of them have just been amazing. Well, I'd like to thank myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyways, thank you to everybody who listens. We really appreciate your support. Moving on to news. All right. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot this week. TV news. Apparently the Graysons are going to be a thing in the Gotham show. Interesting. Uh, they're going to do the whole circus thing and the flying Graysons. They're going to hint at Robin, Dick Grayson, showing mm-hmm. up. But it's not going to happen in the first season. How is that possible? Batman is still a kid. Dick's only a few years younger than Bruce. Mm, okay. All right. right. He's like 10 years younger, maybe. Mm. Bruce in the show is about 10. Okay. That's not, that's not a far so, stretch. He's going to come out of sperm? What the hell? <laughs> he's going to be conceived probably in season one. <laughs> dick is right here in the dick. <laughs> season, season two is going to be all about spotted dick. It's <laughs> a messed up episode. <laughs> you start calling him spotted dick, Grayson? No. <laughs> <laughs> Speak, man, but Gotham, come on, man. You got to love the show. Yeah, Gotham. They, they introduced Thomas, this last one. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas Elliott. I was like, I was so excited. And then afterwards, like, why the fuck is he an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Bruce put him in his place. Yeah. Maybe they'll be friends later. Maybe. Apparently, this is, you're going to like this news. Harley is intended to be a part of the show as well, but she's not going to show up in season one or two. It'll probably be like season three. She'll be a young kid, most likely. Okay. We'll see if I like it. Is she be studying to be a, a doctor for for Arkham City, maybe? Yeah, I can see it happening. The executive producer of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. confirmed that the blue guy is, in fact, a Cree, which everybody already sort of knew. Worst kept secret in the world. <laughs> but now it's kind of a for sure thing. No shit, man. I thought he was part of the blue man group. <laughs> I'm blue. Do, 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 do. <laughs> And we know that somehow Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to tie into one of the upcoming movies. Everybody's speculating it's going to be Inhumans because they're going to the city of Batillon. Or everybody thinks it's going to be the original city of Batillon. People don't know that. But I read something interesting earlier today that says it might not be that. It might actually end up being some kind of smaller Kree civilization. And that's where Captain Marvel is going to show up. And it could be that Captain Marvel Carol Danvers shows up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before the movie. All right. I think that could be really cool if they introduced the character on the TV show before the film. That would be pretty cool. I mean, this is all speculation, of course, but... Yeah, quick get my hopes up. At least that's a different theory than Attila, which everybody's saying. <laughs> uh, movies, there was almost nothing. There was just one thing. Uh, apparently, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy outtake where Ronan actually dances back at Star-Lord, and they have an actual dance-off at the end of the movie. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my God. I can't wait for that Blu-ray to come out. It's going to be December 9th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be in line December 8th at midnight to pick it up. <laughs> And you're going to get robbed like those people at the GameStop buying Grand Theft Auto on PlayStation 4. <laughs> they got robbed outside the store. I go to a safe Best Buy. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's it. There's not much news, like I said. Hmm. Speaking of Guardians, I know we didn't mention it earlier, but I know you freaked out when you saw the last page. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did either of you read Guardians of the Galaxy today? No, yeah, I, I, man, I'm not caught up on it. I wanted to only because I saw a lot of crazy Venom action. Oh, yeah. Well, we had mentioned before that Planet of the Symbiotes was an upcoming story arc for that book. And Venom was left behind on this planet while the other Guardians were abducted and taken away by different organizations. And they all sort of fought their way out and reconnected with each other. And then they came back to that planet to find Agent Venom, except he'd been left alone for a month with no way to contact Earth, no way to get off the planet. And he sort of reverted back to, you know, messed up Venom like Eddie Brock always had a problem with. And Flash is completely not in control. And Venom's walking around. He's, like, dislocating his jaw and separating the skin on Flash's neck. It looks it looks really messed up, even more so than Venom usually is. Looks like he's wearing a hoodie at one point. Yeah. <laughs> a Venom hoodie. That's pretty badass, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Where can I get that? I know, right? <laughs> Drax and Gamora show up with uh, Star-Lord, and they manage to separate Flash from the symbiote, put him back on the ship, and they start heading away. Well, Rocket is building a special container to put the symbiote in when it breaks free. And uh, I don't usually like spoiling stuff, but it's Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm going to just do it. The symbiote attaches itself to Groot. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. 
I am Venom. <laughs> yeah, that's what he, he, the book ends with him we saying, are, I am Venom. Yeah. It's, it's pretty insane the way he looks. It's like one of the coolest character designs I've seen with the symbiote. Yeah, your tweet was freaking awesome. You're like, holy shit, what the hell? <laughs> so, so that was the end of it. And is this going to jump directly into Planet of the Symbiotes, or is that w- w- already going on? It hasn't started yet. Uh, I'm imagining probably next issue or the issue after that, they're going to finally make it to the planet. Uh, but I'm really excited to see that because we never really explored the origin of the symbiote before. It's always just sort of been accepted that it was there because when Peter Parker first found it, it was on the planet where the Secret War stuff was going on the first one. And right. That wasn't its natural habitat. It was there like imprisoned inside of a machine. So we never really now, knew where it came from. Yeah. I love symbiote stuff. Are you guys reading the uh, Carnage Axis <laughs> series? It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> Carnage is the worst good guy ever. <laughs> but he tries so damn hard, which makes it funny. <laughs> I haven't read any of it, but would you recommend it? Yeah. I mean, if you like if you like a funny take on Carnage, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Carnage fan. I have pretty much every appearance he has. This is definitely a different take because he's trying to be a good guy, but he's really bad at it. And he kidnaps a reporter who has covered <laughs> superheroes because he figures she'll be able to tell him how heroes are supposed to act. So every time he's about to kill somebody or do something, you know, naughty, the way he does it, she's like, oh, a real hero wouldn't do it that way. They'd do it this way. And then he tries to do it the right way, but it's carnage. So people still end up getting hurt pretty much no matter every single time. It's pretty funny. Remember when he's like singing the Spider-Man theme? <laughs> <laughs> carnage man, carnage man, <laughs> whatever a carnage can. <laughs> That's such a weird attitude for uh, Cletus Cassidy. It really is. The and Deadpool attitude's even more. Oh, yeah, Deadpool. Monkpool? <laughs> the version with Deadpool is so weird. But it's really funny because uh, he, even though he's a pacifist now and he's like trying really hard to appease everybody and be peaceful and, and at zen or whatever, you can see Deadpool's other personality in all the mirrors yeah. and all the reflections from windows. And he's just shaking his head at himself. He's like, what is wrong with you, you friggin' idiot? And he's like, kill those guys. <laughs> I'm not helping you anymore. <laughs> nope, not going to do it. <laughs> so I, I love what they've done with him, even though I hate Zenpool. Because it's just so terrible. <laughs> the book's really good, though. But you love Asshole Tony. I, I didn't say I loved Asshole Tony. I, I said it was like the worst version of Tony Stark possible. <laughs> you walked over, Tony Stark's such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He hasn't been that much of a dick since the 70s. And version is definitely interesting. It's a, it's a good concept. But I think Reminder's doing such a good job with Axis. Now we got good stuff, man. You got this Axis crap going on. You got the Spider-Risk happening. You got the Batman crap, which I'm behind now. <laughs> you got Doc Green. Oh, yeah. Doc Green's fixed to get it on. Got all the Death of Wolverine subsequent stuff. Yeah, to hell with that crap. <laughs> Some of it's been really good. The Weapon X stuff was really good. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'll give you that. The Logan Legacy stuff's mm-hmm. not terrible. Uh, the other one, I don't really care that much. He's dead, him. man. Yeah. He's dead, Jim. He'll be back. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're already clones of him walking around. Are they so. going to revive him with the Channing booth? They might. <laughs> <laughs> that, that idea is copyrighted. They can't. <laughs> nice. And that's all we got for today, guys. So uh, I want to say thank you again to BS Excluded, Joseph and Shadai, for coming on and goofing around with us today. Uh, yeah, thank you for the invite. Yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, since it's your Thanksgiving episode, we just want to say thanks for being a friend. <laughs> yes, we're very grateful to thank y'all. Thank you for right? being a friend. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was. Oh, come on. <laughs> I didn't even go there. <laughs> but you thought it. No, not until you sang it. <laughs> well, uh, you guys want to plug your show real quick? Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, sure. Uh, You can find us at bsexcluded.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much any kind of podcatcher. Oh, and SoundCloud. So uh, just look up Issues with Friends if you want to check out our comic stuff. Really, if you just look up BS Excluded, it's kind of all-encompassing. Or Pillow Talk, or uh, Present Company Excluded, or Cinefreak Critique, which is our movie one. So, yeah, please uh, like us, give us... uh, stars and stuff on whatever you want to uh listen to this stuff and if you like it yeah and share it as much as possible yes i forgot to share it (laughs) sharing is caring guys please do it five stars and a new and upcoming show prison letters (laughs) (laughs) behind bars behind behind the v8 story behind the bars bars. this is behind bars with spotted dick So anyways, if you like the show, please go on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. Five stars. Do the same for BS Excluded if you enjoy their shows. Five stars. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at ComicalPodcast, at ComicalPodcast2, and at ComicalPodcast3 for myself, Miguel, and Heather, respectively. 
find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comic podcast. Ooh, listen to all professional and, and Instagram. Whoa. And that's it, guys. So thanks for listening. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. And uh, you guys want to close us out? Keep on laughing, bitches. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>